Thursday, October the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the WHO endorses a malaria vaccine and Texas's abortion law suspended. First, the world in brief. The World Health Organization endorsed use of the first malaria vaccine for children at risk of infection. It's said that the jab, called RTSS and made by GlaxoSmithKline, was safe and reduced by 30% cases of severe malaria in young children. In much of sub-Saharan Africa, youngsters contract malaria several times a year. A child under five dies of it every two minutes. A federal judge blocked an abortion law passed last month in Texas that allows anyone in America to sue anyone who helps someone in the state abort a fetus older than six weeks. Robert Pittman, whom Barack Obama nominated to the bench in 2014, forbade state courts from accepting suits under the law. Texas has already filed an appeal. The White House said that Joe Biden and Xi Jinping had agreed in principle to hold a virtual summit by the end of the year. The announcement followed talks between Jake Sullivan, America's national security advisor, and Yang Qishu, China's top diplomat, aimed at improving communication between their countries. The last high-level diplomatic meeting between the two countries descended into a public slanging match. A magnitude 5.9 earthquake hit Pakistan's Balochistan province, killing at least 20 people and injuring hundreds more. With rescue operations being hindered by a lack of access and poor communications, officials say the death toll is likely to increase. Lying on the boundary between the Indian and Eurasian plates, Balochistan is prone to seismic activity. Hanai, a remote mountainous city, was hit hardest. Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the Senate, said he would support raising the debt ceiling until December, easing a standoff with Democrats and avoiding a sovereign default in 12 days. As a condition, he wants Democrats to raise the borrowing cap by a fixed amount, rather than suspend it altogether until some future time. The partisan brinkmanship will continue. Justin Trudeau, Canada's Prime Minister, imposed a strict vaccine mandate for all federal employees and domestic air, rail and ship passengers. Workers and travellers aged 12 and over will need to provide proof of inoculation by October 30th. Mr Trudeau was making good on a pledge from the recent and pointless snap election campaign. About 80% of eligible Canadians are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. After energy prices surged again in Europe on Wednesday, Vladimir Putin offered to help stabilise the market. At one point, the already sky-high price of gas in Europe rose by 40%, before falling back once the Russian president indicated that he wanted to calm the, quote, speculative craze. Mr Putin hinted that he may increase gas supplies across Russia's western border. And fact of the day, 60%. The percentage of respondents to a UK TV gold poll in 2008 who thought Sherlock Holmes was a real person. A quarter thought Winston Churchill was fictional.
And now, here's today's agenda. It's electrifying. Tesla. Tesla shareholders gather virtually on Thursday for the company's annual meeting, presented from its new gigafactory in Austin, Texas. They have reason to smile. In the latest quarter, the firm beat analysts' expectations to deliver 241,000 vehicles. So far, the year's total is 627,000, around twice as many as in the same period in 2020. In part, this is because the firm is weathering the semiconductor shortage better than established car makers. Investors will want to know about future production. The Texas factory has started production of the Model Y, a small SUV. If all goes well, another new gigafactory in Berlin will get the Brandenburg state government's sign-off to begin making cars before the end of the year. But the chip crisis has taken a toll on Tesla's plans to launch new models. The Cybertruck, a pickup, a new sporty roadster and a lorry will all roll out of factories later than planned. Banking on Uncertainty Chinese Tech Regulation A year ago, few would have been interested in hearing from Chinese central bankers on tech regulation. That would be like Jay Powell of the Federal Reserve weighing in on Facebook's current dilemma. But a lot can change in a year. Wen Yi Gang, the governor of the People's Bank of China, speaks at the Bank for International Settlements Conference on Thursday, ears will prick up. The PBOC has become a key player in Chinese tech regulation. It had a hand in stopping the initial public offering of Ant Group, China's biggest fintech company, and its policies have undercut fintech lending. It has even threatened to break up some tech groups, a power that, according to experts, lies outside of its regulatory remit. After witnessing the tech crackdown wipe more than $1 trillion off of total market capitalization at Chinese tech companies this year, investors will be searching Mr. Yi's speech for clues on what is to come. A green light. Germany's coalition talks. Talks to form what would be Germany's first three-way coalition government since the 1950s begin on Thursday. After narrowly winning the country's elections on September 26 under their candidate Olaf Scholz, the Social Democrats will begin negotiations with the Greens and the Liberal Free Democrats to build a quote, traffic-like coalition, named after the party's respective colours. The Greens and the Free Democrats agreed to pursue the talks after concluding on Wednesday that the centre-right Christian Democratic bloc, which came second in the election, was not a credible governing partner. Armin Laschet, the Christian Democrat candidate, is clinging to his hopes of succeeding Angela Merkel as Chancellor. But the prospect of such a, quote, Jamaica government has now gone from unlikely to highly improbable. Forming a traffic-like government will take weeks of tough talks but the momentum is now firmly with Mr. Schultz. Needs a push. Sex education in India. Wednesday is the start of Navratri, 
a 10-day Hindu festival honouring the goddess Durga. Men and women gather every evening and partake in the Dandiya Raz, a ritualised dance in which couples knock wooden sticks together. After eyes lock, so do lips. To capitalise, Man Force, an Indian condom brand, ran billboards in 2017 featuring Sunny Leone, a former adult film star, and the tagline, quote, This Navratri, play, but with love. Public uproar ensued and the signs were taken down. Soon after, the government banned the broadcast of condom advertisements from 6am to 10pm for being, quote, indecent and, quote, inappropriate. That is doubtless counterproductive. According to one estimate, 78% of young men did not use protection with their most recent sexual partner. Sex education is on the national curriculum, but rarely taught for fear that it would pique curiosity. When it is taught, classes are sex-segregated. Change is needed. Dancing around the issue helps no one. Quick reactions. Nobel Prize for Chemistry This year's Nobel Prize for Chemistry was awarded to Benjamin List and David Macmillan for their discovery of a new method of chemical reaction. The awarding committee said their work made chemistry greener and revolutionised drug development. Dr List of the Max Planck Institute for Coal Research and Dr Macmillan of Princeton University published their award-winning work on catalysts, the process of speeding chemical reactions along, separately in 2000. Neither knew the other was working on the subject, but both scientists had the same end in mind, find an alternative to complex enzymes and transition metals, the main catalysts. The result, asymmetric organocatalysis, is now ripping through industrial chemistry. It uses cleaner and cheaper organic molecules which have made it easier to create pure drugs. An idea, quote, as simple as it is ingenious, the committee marvelled that no one had come up with it sooner. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Niels Bohr, who was born on this day in 1885. Some subjects are so serious that one can only joke about them. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 